Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I have to admit something, and it deals with cutting myself while shaving. But I've found a solution, and it's Manscaped. You've heard us talk about it for years. You know, it's trusted by over 2 million worldwide, and you should know that using code DNVR gets you 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. They've got a fantastic performance package that's going to give you all kinds of goodies like the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker, ear, nose, and hair trimmer liquid formulations, as well as a couple free gifts, including the most comfortable pair of undies you'll ever own. So spend spooky season using the best tools for the job at manscaped.com, using code DNVR for free shipping, and more importantly, 20% off. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Their fresh roasted small batch specialty coffee will improve the quality of your morning because it's perfectly paired with top quality broad spectrum hemp extract. In layman's terms, it's rich in CBD and CBG and will have you feeling as good as I've been lately. And now you can get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR25. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons host of the DNVR Rockies podcast. And today we've got a few things to go over, including the Monday mailbag. It's where you guys, our subscribers, can ask your questions, voice your concerns, and straight up leave comments on the Rockies and all things baseball in our members-only Discord. Now we're operating a little bit differently than usual, as you may have noticed. One of the biggest changes is the podcast will go up every morning at 5 a.m. Mountain Standard Time all five days of the week, Monday through Friday. We've heard your requests loud and clear. And so we want to have these podcasts up and ready for you so you can start your day and start your week off the right way. In return, we just ask you to please rate and review the podcast, however you may listen to the DNVR Rockies podcast. Follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies and on our YouTube channel under DNVR Sports. We've got some live shows coming up this week. And of course, all your shows covering the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, and DNVR bets are there too. Talk more about the postseason on Tuesday's show, but for right now, Atlanta and Milwaukee are tied 1-1 going into Game 3. So far, it's just been pitcher's duels as the series shifts back to Atlanta. Game 3 is going to be another exciting matchup. 23-year-old Ian Anderson, my National League Rookie of the Year award pick, is going against 25-year-old Freddie Peralta. Keep your eye on that one on Monday. Dodgers-Giants also tied 1-1 with the winner of Game 2. 
also gaining that home field advantage. Shifts back to Los Angeles. Alex Wood against Max Scherzer, who today came out and said, hey, you know what? We found a couple things that I was not doing very well over my last few starts. They've made those tweaks, and they feel a lot better about them. And coming from Max Scherzer, that's got to make you feel really good. I think Albert Pujols is also going to be in the starting lineup. 41 years old, it's going to be breaking some new records, doing some interesting things out there, see if he can hit a home run, uh, much like Nelson Cruz has been able to do so far over in the ALDS, Boston and Tampa. Right now has flipped to Boston after Tampa took game one. That was a wild game in game three, if you guys were following along. I know there's a lot of football going on Sunday, but MLB was on fire all afternoon from first pitch at 3.05 up there in Boston. And wacky play. Wacky play to end it all and and wacky play even just before that uh, on the ground rule double, so to speak. Game four is lining up to be a bullpen game for Tampa Bay, which sounds crazy to think, especially since their bullpen has been a little inefficient over the last two games against the Red Sox. Eduardo Escobar takes the bump for Boston. Uh, he's had 13 starts against Tampa in his career, 5.21 ERA. This year, though, was fairly solid. His first three starts this year, his last one in September, uh, he was out by the fourth inning, gave up six. So perhaps Tampa has figured some things out. And you also have the White Sox in Houston. Houston, of course, won the first two games of that series. Game three has been pretty crazy. Uh, White Sox do look like they're going to win this one. I'm recording it late in the day on Sunday, but White Sox, this would be a historic collapse should they lose. I did pick Houston to win this series. So uh, despite the White Sox bats getting hot, doing so at home, I think Houston's still going to come away with the series win. So before we get to the mailbag, let's go back and look at this day in Rockies postseason history. Now on October 11th, They won one, and they lost one. The one they won was in 2007. A lot of wins in 2007. As you know, it was game one of the NLCS. Rockies win 5-1. to It's actually a game that was viewed by a lot of members within the Rockies organization. All of the full-time employees that work for the Rockies. Uh, I know firsthand that uh, the Monfords paid for them all to jump on a plane, fly down to Arizona uh, at, at the end of a day of of work. Uh, they took in that game. They took in the victory and flew right back uh, at the end of that day. I can't quite recall if they had to work the next day or not. So they did bring some good luck down into Phoenix. Jeff Francis started that game for the Rockies, uh, won a second postseason game despite giving up a first inning run. He'd end up being pretty much scoreless after that, over six and two thirds innings. Bullpen closed the door. Jeremy Affelt, Brian Fuentes, Manny Corpus. Now, Rockies got those runs, most of them. I think it was about four runs, six innings, four runs against Brandon Webb, who is a name that's, you know, I, if you were around during that time, you haven't forgotten him, but I think you forget to mention him when you talk about great pitchers during that time. And you can't even really say during that era and during that generation because his flame was snuffed out so very quickly. You know, he won the Cy Young Award in 2006. 2007, he finished second behind Jake Peavy, who was a unanimous selection that year, despite the fact that Webb's numbers were just as good, if not better, 
in several key categories um, uh, against PV there. And so the Rockies, you know, go out and win that game big, big time against Arizona's ace. Very impressive. He was actually coming off of a seven inning outing where he only gave up one earned run against the Cubs. So Rockies get um, a few runs in the top of the second off Webb, Helton and Garrett Atkins, both single. Brad Hop walks. Tula hits into a double play, but scores Helton. In the third, Kaz Matsui, again, you will hear his name a lot when we go through these Rocktober recaps. He has an RBI single that scores Willie Tavares, who walked and stole second base. That holiday singles, Garrett Atkins walks, and that sets up Brad Hop's two RBI single. They get an assurance run in the seventh with Matsui at the plate, who doesn't get, get credit for an RBI. Uh, as an error was made by Connor Jackson over at first base, your Torrealba scores, and Rockies end up winning that game 5-1, feeling good. You know they're going to end up sweeping. You know I'm going to go through it. Maybe not game by game, but certainly a fun one there. Certainly a lot of a lot of positivity in the 5-1 victory in 2007. On the flip side, unfortunately, they did lose. They were not as sharp in the NLDS. Uh, they'd actually split the first two games against the Phillies, who would go on to – uh, win the World Series that year against the Tampa Bay Rays. In game one, Cliff Lee, complete game, gave up just one run. It's actually an RBI double by Tulo that scored cargo in the ninth. Ubaldo surrendered five runs in five innings in that game one matchup in 2009. Uh, but he was, he was very good from the start. He retired the first eight in a row to open the game before Cliff Lee helped himself out. He singled. He stole second base. Yes, the pitcher stole second base. Uh, Jimmy Rollins struck out swinging to end the threat. Uh, but in the fifth, it was a walk, double, ground out, single with throwing error on hop. That ended up scoring two. In the sixth, Ubaldo couldn't, couldn't get it out. Uh, he was totally lost that third time through the order. Utley singled. Ryan Howard, RBI double. Jason Worth, RBI triple. Joe Bimel came on, gave up uh, a Raul Banez RBI single. It was 5-0 at that point, and that was the game. I do want to mention Joe Bimel, uh, forgotten Rockies player. One of the things uh, I've, I've looked into, again, the X-Rocks, as I like to call them, he's still kicking around. He was pitching with San Diego in AAA. They're, they're, they're a AAA affiliate, the El Paso Chihuahuas, and there was a chance he was going to come up late in the year, and it would have been pretty interesting to see everyone's reactions. I, I love Rockies fans when they see one of those old-timey guys come back to play. You know, John Axford was one of those guys. He was at, uh, I think, game one of the NLDS against Atlanta. You know, was he, he pitched uh, a third of an inning, you know, before his elbow blew out and uh, had a fantastic comeback at the age of 38. So Joe Bimel could have been right there. and Who knows? Maybe he'll do it next year in, in 2022 in game two the rockies went up four zip through the first five innings as aaron cook cruises as well uh, he gave up three runs in the bottom of the fifth the third time through but the bullpen came through uh, with four innings one run ball Raphael betancourt gave up that one run two-thirds of an inning houston street gets the save and as crazy as it might sound that's still the last postseason save in franchise history. Yes. Last postseason save the Rockies have had on this date in 2009. 
How did the offense do? Uh, pretty good. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez, three for five in his first postseason. His second postseason game overall. Yorvi Tori Alba, fantastic postseason player for the Rockies. He was two for three, belted a two-run home run. And the Todd Father, of course, had an RBI. And Dexter Fowler, no hits, but two sack fly RBI. So good on him, a guy that you know for his speed, you know him for his legs. Sacrifice flies, got the job done from the top of the lineup there as the Rockies would go on to win game two. In game three, that is the one that took place on this date. I misspoke before. October 8th was the final save in Rockies franchise history with Houston Street. And you have to forgive me for making that error because I'm, I've got my eyes set on next Sunday. I'm pretty excited about that day because that's Broncos Raiders, which is always fun. But this year it's going to be a little bit better because we've got a fantastic tailgate going on. You guys can enjoy all you can eat pizza and beer with the DNVR Broncos family for just $20 to get in to this fantastic tailgate. Uh, at the sports fan back parking lot off 18th and federal it's $20 to get in on 18th and federal next to the stadium. And it's not just any pizza and beer. It's sexy pizza and Breckenridge beer. And you know what? We're going to go one step beyond. And for a $30 ticket, you can actually get uh, all of that, including a round trip fare on our party bus. Yes. At 11 o'clock, the bus is going to go ahead and leave the bar. We're going to open up specialty. Uh, at 10 a.m., especially for you guys uh, that are taking the party bus. And at 11, drive over to the stadium. You don't have to worry about parking. You don't have to worry about any of that. Uh, and again, for $30, you get your ticket and, and the beer and the pizza. It's fantastic. The bus is going to bring you back after the game, and it, it's great. You can hang out. We've got the you know the, the Sunday package and everything, so you can watch the games. You get the member beer. You get that super size gimmick. It's fantastic. That's going to be October 17th. I'm going to be there for that as well. So uh, please check that out, whether you're a member or otherwise. Big tailgate, October 17th. And as I said, we're going to have that Breckenridge Brew, the official beer of DNVR. And really, they're our official seltzer as well. They've got their own hard seltzer. It's called Good Company Hard Seltzer. It's now even available at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax in York. We're able to keep it stocked. Barely, we are. Uh, but if you're not having your hard seltzers at the DNVR bar, you can still get some, bring it back to your house with the 15-can sampler. Get them at King Supers, Costco, anywhere. That's Breckenridge Breweries, Good Company Hard Seltzer, an easy choice for a great company. And keep yourself company with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL we got a fantastic offer. They did it for week five. They're running it back for week six. And that's a $1 bet. That's a virtual lock for $100. I think I'm legally obligated to say virtual because it is possible that you're not going to win, but you're going to win because here's the deal. You bet $1 on any NFL game. And if either team scores one point, you win $100. Yeah, one point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was 1943. The first Super Bowl was 1967. So that puts it in perspective, right? It's a no-brainer. It's a lock. That's the whole point. Get skin in the game also with some same-game parlays. 
allows you to combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. And really, the more legs you add, the more money you're going to win. So all of those bets that don't seem like they're going to have a big payout because they're locks, guess what? Tack three, four, five of them on together, and you will get that big payout for a very little bet. It, it's fantastic. It, it's really brilliant. A lot of you guys have been taking advantage of that, especially if you listen to the DNVR Bets podcast. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week is going to be on the Broncos. They've got to win. They've got to do it against the Raiders. They're home. Look, they've had a little bit of a backslide. Everybody's down on them right now, but this is going to be a big week for them. It's about as must win of a game as you're going to have this early into a season, really in the middle of October. And the pieces are there for the Broncos right now. And, you know, it, you're voting with your heart, but you're also voting with your head because you know the Broncos are going to get it done this week against the Raiders. That's a lock. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Broncos, W, straight up over the Raiders. All right. As I said, actually on this date, actually on this date, October 11th in 2009, was game three of the NLDS against those Philadelphia Phillies, and it was an absolute heartbreaker. It was a rough one at Coors Field, 6-5, 50,109 in attendance. It was actually the last postseason game at Coors until the NLDS Game 3 against Milwaukee back in 2018, which was also a heartbreaker. You had to wait a decade, and it happened again to you guys who were out there at the ballpark. Rockies led 2-1 in the first, 3-1 in the third. Phillies took a 4-3 lead in the fourth before the Rockies tied it in the bottom of the inning. Phillies scored one in the sixth. Rockies respond in the seventh. So you got a 5-5 tie going into the ninth. Your closer, Houston Street, comes on. He had just gotten the save two days prior, but a leadoff single from Rollins. He, gets, he goes over to second base on a bunt by Shane Victorino. Chase Utley singles to put runners on the corner. Sacrifice fly by Ryan Howard. That's all she wrote. Phillies make it 6-5 in that loss. But during the game, Cargo had another multi-hit game. In fact, he had nothing but multi-hit games during this four-game series. Remember, this is his first postseason. It was his first year with the Rockies. You know, Just come over from the Oakland Athletics along with Street, along with Greg Smith in that um, you know, much vaunted Matt Holiday trade, right? He only had a year left of control. So they they take one year of, of their superstar outfielder and they turn it into another superstar outfielder, uh, a great closer, uh, a serviceable arm, you know, that never really developed as they would have liked to have. But that's what you need to do when you're a small market team is you take one year of a player and you turn it into 10 years 
of control of various other players and you get, you know, twice as much bang for your buck. You've got to be smart about it. And they were with cargo, you know, had somewhat of an up and down season, you know, finally, once he stuck around Jim trace, he said, Hey, he's my guy. Uh, he had 588 in that series against Philly. He was 10 for 17, hit a homer in that leadoff spot, two doubles, two stolen bases. He was absolutely unbelievable there in 2009 in the division series. And he would really use that series to catapult him into the next year, his first true full season with the Rockies. And, you know, he would go on to take a third place in the NL MVP voting. He was he won the silver slugger award. He won a gold glove. That was, that was a big coming out party. That was something that, you know, nobody forgot. Nobody forgot that in, in, Cargo just just built upon, you know, upon that for the next decade. It's one of the reasons why he is one of the most beloved guys. And, you know, outside of that, he's he's for me one of the most beloved, you know, professionals that I've ever been able to to speak to before in, in a clubhouse. I've I've mentioned on the podcast before for any of our new listeners, you know, that my first day getting credentialed, the Rockies were going against Oakland in 2018. And you know, I, I just went up to cargo and I didn't have much of anything. I kind of stuttered and stammered and he went and gave me three minutes of, of great content that I was able to use for an article. And, you know, he did that to a guy he had never seen before that he was just talking to one-on-one with. And he gave me that time. He gave me that respect. And obviously that's nothing I'm, I'm ever going to forget. And that just goes to show you how classy of a guy he was. And, you know, they, they, uh, weren't able to bring him back in 2019, but even when he was still a free agent, you know, in, in the clubhouse, I was down there in spring training in 2019. And the players, you know, were there FaceTiming with him left and right because they still loved him. They were still trying to say, come on, man, are you, are you coming to hang out with us down here at Salt River Fields? It's This is your team, man. This is your team. This is your franchise. And so he's so beloved. He was fantastic in uh, in that game three and that entire series. Dexter Fowler and Garrett Atkins also they ended up with with two hits in that loss to the eventual World Series champs, Philadelphia Phillies. And you might not have loved the outcome, but you love the heart that those guys have. And uh, and I know you you out there you you love companies that try to save the world, and we love them too. That's why we like to pair with them in Ball Aerospace Technology. They love saving the world. They've been practicing diversity and inclusion for years, while other major companies. Just talk about it as a workplace idealism. At Ball Corporation, you're free to be your authentic self. They have a corporate equality index score of 100%. It gets no higher. Once you work at Ball, there's a lot of groups you can join to represent that unique background. If you want to meet people, reach new career heights and get support. Ball even supports groups like the Society of Women Engineers and many others. And right now, they're looking for people who have some technical and mechanical skills to help them manufacture aluminum cans and bottles which they've been doing for a very long time. They're an iconic brand because of it. They're doing big things at Ball. And really, you can be a part of something bigger than yourself at Ball. So text GOLDEN to 77222, and you'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN, or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. We brought you that damn good beer with Breckenridge Brew. And now we're delivering to you damn good beef. First Breckenridge Brewery, Breckenridge Beer, and now Hassel Cattle Company, H-A-S-S, 
EWL cattle. They're the best source for farm to table Wagyu beef in the entire country. It's blue collar Wagyu. You know why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every human being can afford. It's very affordable. Not only do we love the beef at DNVR, but the DNVR bar quite literally loves the beef. That's what we serve our community down on Colfax and York at the DNVR bar. That's because the Hassel Cattle Company takes their registered bulls and breeds them with Ang Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product that's grown with zero antibiotics, zero hormones. It's fantastic food to fuel you throughout your day. So head to HasselCattleCompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com, and use promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DNVR10 for 10% off, and orders over $200, you know you get free shipping. Check them out. We promise you will not be disappointed. And disappointment is not a word we use when we talk about Solus Meds because they have always got some smoking hot deals. And on October is no exception. Solus Meds is the premier Colorado dispensary that always hooks it up with incredible deals every single month at any of their four Colorado locations. There's a Solus Meds in Fort Collins. Solus Meds in Wheat Ridge. There's two in Denver. One is off Broadway. One is just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. Do all your shopping right there and a few block radius. You can go ahead and see what they've got online. You can look at their menu at solusmeds.com. You could purchase from there and just swing by at your convenience. Mention code DNVR20 to save 20% off. So it's not just talk. They're backing it up. And you know what? For the entire month of October, they're giving you 25% off a bunch of different things. They got extracts, those drinkables, the gummies, their Solus bars. If you go in any location, you're going to get a free Solus bar or King Kong when you mention code DNVR20. That's any location of Solus Meds. So go ahead and check out solusmeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. Use promo code DNVR20 to save your 20%. Monday mailbag is here, gang. You asked. We've listened. We want to respond. We want to answer your questions. We want you to have a voice on the DNVR Rockies podcast. So I opened up the mailbag. A lot of letters, a lot of envelopes from you guys in the Discord channel. Remember, members at DNVR, at thednvr.com, you get exclusive content. You get a bigger beer. When you come down to the bar, you get discounts at the DNVR locker, and you get exclusive uh, interactions with us and all the other members in our Discord, and Monday Mailbag is no exception. Our buddy Mark, he got in there first, and he said, what changes would I like to see in the upcoming CBA negotiations? So right now, uh, this offseason, we've got the Players Association and the 30 MLB teams, right? You've got the corporation, you've got the billionaires versus the millionaires. And it's always ugly. It always seems to be ugly. And with everything that went down, the pandemic and the two sides not really being able to agree on some things and some of the, the jockeying for position on different topics, it's going to be incredibly interesting to see what works out. The number one thing that uh, I would like to see, and it, and it seems like it's a guaranteed lock, but you just hope that it, it doesn't get manipulated. And that's the universal DH. Both sides want it. We know that. But if you look at some of the, the verbiage that Commissioner Rob Manfred made this past offseason, they 
you know, the MLB and the 30 teams, they want the players and the union to feel like if we give you the universal DH, that's good for you guys. That's good for your situation because now that's creating essentially a, a 10th starting position for national league teams, right? Instead of the starting nine that takes the field and who's in the lineup, you've got the starting nine on the field and you've got one guy on the bench that's going to be in the lineup that's batting for the pitcher. So that's a 10th player. That's going to be another, you know, salary of, you know, 10 plus million dollars for ultimately a guy that in the past would have been a bench player on an NL team. That's why national league teams don't carry that quality of a player on their bench during the regular season. It's a disadvantage they have going into the world series. So that's how MLB wants to view it. Whereas really it, it's going to make baseball a better product with the universal DH. So we're going to see that regardless. I would like for them to keep the California tiebreaker during the regular season. Um, we all like to think that it's you know romantic to have extra innings of baseball, but look, when the game's going on at one o'clock, 2 a.m. In, in the morning, the next day when you've got work, when there's employees in, in the stadium that have, you know, another day of work, right? What is it? What if it's a day game they got to deal with, but maybe more importantly, the players themselves, they got to immediately turn around and play another game and they got to do it on, on short rest, literally, right? They're not even sleeping. That's a, that's a bad recipe, right? For, for injury. And nobody wants to see that happen. Yes. It, it, it's, it's imperfect. It is way better than a literal tie. That's, that seems insane when we have this solution with the runner on second base. Why don't we have it in the postseason? Is that some kind of admittance of, uh, you know, hey, this, this really isn't a great system? No. When you're playing 162 games, look, it's, it's already a grind. It's already a slog. And so speeding those games up is, is good for everybody involved. But – but in the postseason, if there are two teams that end up beating each other to death, in other words, one team is not definitively better than the other, then they should suffer the consequences of that. What I'm saying is, you know, we, we saw Boston and Tampa in game three go to extras. And that's going to go ahead if, if, if Houston, you know, were able to sweep um, which, which they are not, you know, White Sox did end up winning game three, but Houston goes on, let's say to win game four, they can rest. Meanwhile, Rays and Red Sox, they, they're going to be that much more tired. They're going to be more beat up because again, they had a tougher opponent. Houston did their job. And so they should reap the benefits of that. There are no benefits to a game in April when it's 40 degrees in Chicago, in Colorado, just about anywhere on the East Coast to be playing 15, 16 innings when you still have 140 more games to play. So that's that it's silly, right? What else do I want to see, Mark, from the upcoming CBA negotiations? How about a salary floor? Let's force some of these teams to spend some money in free agency to keep it balanced. They're getting a lot of money as it is uh, from, from the big pot uh, of money that, that's going around and being shared by all 30 teams. Uh, it's also going to prevent tanking, I think, to a degree, which is something you know we we all want to see. I, I think it it is a helpful strategy, and and it's a it's a great concept. But you take that away, all right? Well, now you got to do it a different way, and and that's fine. So let's see a salary floor at MLB. Let's also beef up the C-League rule, and that that C-League rule we've talked about it uh, 
last uh, Sunday uh, on the postgame show. You know, the Rockies were kind of able to skirt the issue. You know, uh, there's a loophole in the CELIG rule that says if you hire in-house, you do not need to interview a minority, any minority candidates. And, you know, that's a shame. We, we, we need there to be more opportunities um, for minorities, whoever they are. We all love the, the signing of Kim Ang. And, it, and it's not because just because she's a woman. It's because she's someone who deserved this spot and she wasn't given the opportunity because we know in with a lot of these, you know, large corporations, these billion dollar corporations, it can be somewhat of a, uh, an old boys network, an old boys club. And so let's break that up. Let's really put more teeth into the CELIG rule. And finally, I want to see more advocacy for minor league players. Let's Let's see if we can improve upon that. Now, I know minor league players, they are not a part of the players union because they haven't made it to the majors. But that doesn't mean that the players union can't keep an eye on them and make sure that they get paid a decent wage. Sure, if you're in the union, no one was really looking after you in the previous CBAs from decades ago, but it doesn't mean you need to continue to do that. I don't know exactly know what that would look like. I don't. I do know just just giving them better pay is is a lot better. Making sure that you know these these sleeper buses truly are that. You know, let's make sure that guys aren't being forced to sleep in a clubhouse. Let's make sure that they're getting you know proper food and it's not peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We've we've seen you know a lot more of that go around in, in social media. There's some really groups really great groups and organizations out there that are publicizing um, these unfortunate situations for these minor leaguers that they, ha that they have to deal with. And again, yeah, just because this is the way it's always been doesn't mean it's the way it should continue to be. There's a problem with it. And I think that's something that I, I would like to see changed a little bit more support, something, something for these minor league players. All right, our buddy Dan asks, if I'm the general manager of the Rockies, what are my first two transactions today? Well, I can't make any transactions today yet. I certainly can start making some phone calls. Uh, I, I'm not going to be able to make any uh, announcements just yet, but once the postseason is over, two things I got to do is add some relief help, and I'm going to do it by trading an outfielder. I'm going to call the other 29 teams to figure out, you know, what kind of value are they placing on a Jonathan Daza, a Ryan Altapia, and yes, even a Sam Hilliard. And kind of balancing that from what I see, you know, from, from my scouts, from my coaches. You know, Hilliard has, you know, very clearly the biggest upside, but he probably has the lowest floor of all of them. You know, Ryan Altapia is, is the most consistent of all of those guys. I'm going to throw out his final month of the season. Uh, because you know he, he got a, a bad break after coming back from the IL just a little bit, couldn't really find his groove. But I think we know what kind of player he is. Jonathan Daza, more of a glove first, was hitting really well in that two spot. It's part of Swagger and Dagger, but but nevertheless, I, I think he's probably the easiest one you can trade. But there's not really room for all three of those guys. So go around, see what kind of relief help you can get. It's not going to be great. It's not going to be great relief help. You know, when, when Robert Stevenson came over, sure, there was a little bit excitement, but I don't think anyone really truly believed what was there, right? You, you have to take 
you got to take those dented soup cans, right? It was, it was, that was the case with Tyler Kinley, right? In the, in the 2019, 2020 off season, when they picked him up off of waivers and it was, man, this guy's like 28 years old. He's got like a year of service time. Like, what are we, what are we really getting here? Ended up being pretty darn good. And so, uh, I, I'm, like I said, I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to trade an outfielder for some relief help. And I'm also, you know, partially concerned about the shortstop situation. There's a lot of good ones on the market. You know, this, this off season, there's, there's going to be a couple good ones next off season. And I don't think the money is there to really move on any of them. And Ezekiel Tovar, you know, I hope he does develop into the next big shortstop of the future for this organization. I hope Alan Trejo, maybe his bat picks up a little bit. His gloves already there. Um, him and you know, Tovar and Trejo, I think would be fantastic. You know, defensive stalwarts, but I, I do worry about their bats. Obviously, Tovar is, is nowhere near ready. So you are going to need some help. You're going to need someone to plug the gap for a little while, much like CJ Crone is doing over at first base with Michael Tolia waiting in the wings. So there's two options. One, Angelton Simmons, lock him up to a two-year deal. He's probably going to end up costing you about $20 million or $10 million per season. You know, you, you might not be too crazy about that. Um, but great defensively, um, depending on which metric you use, uh, it's, it, it's up and down baseball reference likes him a lot more than fan graphs, but Angelton Simmons has long been a fantastic player defensively. I'm pretty sure he's even won the Rawlings platinum glove at least once before. So he's fantastic at short things going into his age 32 season. So short-term deal there should buy Tovar enough time to really develop before he's ready to go or at a cheaper option. It's really only going to be for one year, but you have to be incredibly cautious. That would be acquiring Elvis Andrews from Oakland in a deal. Now he was okay defensively with the athletics this year. In fact, you know, the, the Rangers wanted to get him off the books and you know, they, they, they were not confident in his shortstop abilities, and so they did right by him by, by trading him away, uh, even in division, right? But he's going to end up costing you $7 million since the Rangers are paying $7.25 million uh, of his contract in 2022. But you will need to make sure that he doesn't get 550 plate appearances because if he does, then that will vest a $15 million option, and Texas will not be paying a dime of that in 2023. So that makes for a strange situation, but you know, if you do go out and get that power corner outfield bat that, you know, is really being rumored to, to be on its way, you know, Andrews is going to be batting eighth in the lineup and you don't have to worry about him going to the top of the order. So that's fine. Do we want John Gray to stay? Kristen, Dr. Nighthawk out there. That is an incredibly tough call. And Really a conversation for another day because, shoot, man, he's, uh, you know, for some fans, he's been frustrating. Other fans, he's been uh, an integral part of this rotation. You know, I will say right now they've got four very capable starters. And you go, all right, you've got room for what you've got room for Lambert to do his thing or Ryan Rawlison to do his thing. Hey, Ryan Feltner was a September call up. So you've got three guys right there before you even think about uh, a veteran signing. And, you you know, you can save $10, 12 $13 million, spend that elsewhere. 
because you know Rockies talked about spending this offseason, but they already did a lot of that. They I, I I tend to think that they may have already spent half of their their budget as it as it were. So you bring John Gray back, you might not be getting that that power corner outfield bat. Not sure. So it's a it's a really tough call. I'm I'm more inclined to say they don't need him as much as John Gray may need the Rockies. And that's that's the business side of things. That's the business side. If I'm just going with my heart, heck yeah, bring him back. Let's run this rotation back in 2022, and maybe you got something. Maybe you can piece enough of this together that you are in the hunt for a, the second wild card next year. It's possible. Our buddy Zach wants to know my thoughts on the September call-ups. Colton Welker, um, you know, he's got a chance to win a batting title, I think, if he gets enough playing time. Really grew into his body really nicely. You know, he, he needs to find himself a position, but I'm still pretty high on Colton Welker. He's fallen off a lot of top 10 lists. Some people have him off the top 30 because they just don't know what to make of him. Um, when a guy gets tagged for performance enhancing drugs, you know, it, that, that's kind of a, of a red flag. Um, I'm, I'm not ready to, to throw that red flag yet. So I'm still pretty excited about Colton Welker, you know, really looking at, you know, his at bats, he had late in games coming off the bench cold. They were, they were veteran like at bats. I will say that. So I was very impressed. Ryan Feltner, you know, he's got a way to go. I think he's got to put some, uh, he's, he's, He's where Colton Welker was two years ago. He needs to put on some more weight, I think. Um, but but everything he's he's done in the minors has been really solid. You know, I think he can contribute next year and and be somewhat of a spot starter. You know, I think he needs more seasoning down in Albuquerque. He might need to to get his butt kicked in a little bit more. It, it sounds crazy to, to to say like you'd want something like that to happen, but ultimately, you know. Minor leaguers, they need to face difficulty before they're up in the majors, right? They're, the Rockies aren't doing their job on the developmental level if they're not challenging players or if their players haven't been challenged down in the minors. And I think Feltner has been, but I think he needs to do a little bit more. And I think starting the year in Albuquerque is a good way to do that. Julian Fernandez, relief pitcher, who, although he made his major league debut, he already have, he already has two years of service time because he was on a 40-man roster. Now, he was on the, the 60-day IL, so it's a very strange situation. So he's he's getting paid a lot better than than some of his teammates who've already had a year in the majors, which which is, is a topic for another day. is a whole other situation. It's just kind of uh, interesting, the, the nuances of these contracts and how it all works being on the 40-man roster. But he's electric, man. To be able to throw 100, 200, 3 miles an hour is really special. Um, there are guys who been able to to do that and not throw strikes and so you don't really know them very well and that's what fernandez needs to do he needs to find the strike zone a lot more a lot more um, because if he doesn't it's going to be hard to keep throwing him out there it's going to be real hard so you like that he's got that one tool uh because it's it is it is damn good it's it's electric it's electric. It, it does get you excited that he really could be something. Even if it's temporary, it could be something. It could be just enough at the right time. And and he has a lot of value too, right? He could be a chip that if the Rockies can't figure him out, somebody else is going to want to give it a shot. Whether they figure it out or not, I don't know. But 
they're going to be willing to, you know, give the Rockies something. They're going to be able to offer them something. So we'll have to keep an eye on that this offseason. Ryan Vallade also made his debut, added to the 40-man. We're going to see him in the Arizona Fall League uh, through uh, the middle of October to uh, the middle of November. You know, he, he needed to be added this uh, before the December Rule 5 deadline so that was about to happen so it was nice that he was able to come out to the ballpark and kind of get his first taste of the majors maybe see some of the things his coaches really have been you know hammering him about now he can see it firsthand and go oh wow all right now i know where i need to step up now i know what i need to work on and and this is all the evidence i need and so i'm i'm excited to see what he's able to do this off season and how he comes back in february in spring camp and say, Hey, I, I want to be that big power bat in the corner. I want to have a shot at possibly doing that. And, and that, that definitely gets me excited. And, and, you know, last time I'm going to throw in Peter Lambert, you know, he's not a true September call because, you know, he did make his debut back in 2019. I think, I think he made about eight starts, but, you know, promising start coming back from Tommy John surgery. His statistics are totally moot. I said it before. It's not even going to be until next August that we have any idea the kind of pitcher Peter Lambert is going to be. That's just how it goes when you have this kind of Tommy John surgery. That's just how it is. So you have to be a little bit patient with him. Uh, I am. And so I, I like where he was starting from, right? Still has a long way to go, but I like that he was able to come back, you know, in, in a relatively quick amount of time, almost, you know, exactly a year, give or take from, when you know the organization and him first decided that he would have that Tommy John surgery. Last but not least, best and worst umpires. Who this topic made me frown. It made me smile. It. Uh, I know the folks at Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, they deserve to take some credit for any time our Colorado sports fans are smiling, especially our DNVR listeners who switched over to, to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent, permanent family dentist, Allie and Lindsay, you know, they've had their wisdom teeth removed. And although it was a rough recovery, Green Mountain Dental Group checked on them every few days to make sure the medication was right. Remember, if you uh, schedule a cleaning x-ray exam, you're going to receive a free Sonic Care toothbrush. Free, free, free. Can't beat that price. Green Mountain Dental is only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Got to check them out. So I checked out some of these umpires, the best and the worst. And of course, you know, we, we all know Joe West, Angel Hernandez are going to be the first two <laughs> that pop up. But one thing you can do is, is there, there's definitive statistics now that we have on umpires, right? Ump Auditor is uh, a handy site to use. Umpscorecards.com. Uh, they're also Ump Scorecards on Twitter. You can check them out. According to uh, according to Ump Scorecards, Ed Hickox, Brian Onora, Rob Drake uh, have been some of the worst. Hunter Wendelstadt, Ron Culpa, he falls in that. You know, one of the worst uh, umpires as far as the strike zone is concerned. That's what I, that's the first topic I want to talk about when thinking about the worst umpires. Right, uh, Culpa's on it. Hey, he got a spot in the ALDS. Laz Diaz, he's on that list. He got a spot in the NLDS. Joe West, we know he was in the wild card game. Did a fantastic job, by the way. Did a very good job in that wild card game. Greg Gibson, he's there as one of the worst in the ALDS. 
frustrating part is when you look at the best umpires as far as you know their strike zone management and you know percentage of correct calls of the top five you know pat hoberg was the only one who was given a spot on a postseason uh, crew um he's at the end he's one of the nlds games but john libka alan porter trip gibson jeremy rehack you go i don't really i've never heard these names before that's kind of the point right it's like it's like offensive linemen in football it's like relievers to an extent too right you might not know them if they're doing their job right they're doing what they need to do they're they're almost invisible right but it's it's when they inject themselves into the game where it really becomes a problem you know and i'll say for the the boston tampa game um and even to a degree you know we had the yasmani grandal play um with, with the ball hitting off his arm uh, with a play at the plate now again that's an interpretation of rules that's not one umpire or a crew chief sticking their nose out there and making it about themselves it's a different situation but west angel hernandez we know those guys do that. They they make it about themselves sometimes. I I think they 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 also make it about taking the attention away from some of the younger guys on their crew, which if you've worked on their crew, I'm sure you really appreciate that. And you've probably, you know, been been really positive for the game in that capacity. But as a fan, you can't not look at those guys and go, oh my gosh, not again with these guys. By the way, Joe West and Angel Hernandez, this might blow your mind. They were on a crew together as recently as 2011. Not sure that's a decade ago, but they were already notorious guys at that point, right? One of the other things I looked at to 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 think about who the bad umps were cuz again, I've I've got my you know, maybe not my biases, but I've I've got my issues with some I actually went, and since 2019, I don't have all the data from 2021, but I went back to look since 2019, ejections, player ejections. Now, I ruled out a couple uh, games. I think, you know, the uh, might, Bill Welke might have been behind the plate for uh, one of the two dust-ups dust ups in 2019, if you remember, between the Reds and the Pirates. Yasiel Puig, you know, taking on the entire Pirates club you know that that was a that was a wild one amir garrett you know was doing some of that too later on when they they matched up so i I didn't i didn't count those i just looked at you know i'm throwing out one guy or maybe two guys a game over the course of what's ultimately two maybe two and a quarter seasons right because there's only 60 games in 2020 joe west tied for the fifth most He's, he's ejected nine guys since the start of the 2019 season Angel West, uh, Angel Hernandez, he threw out a guy in a spring training game in 2019. If that makes you feel good or makes you cringe even more so, he's thrown out 10 since the start of the 2019 season. Jeremy Rehack, a guy I mentioned as having one of the best uh, and, and most efficient and exact strike zones, he's second on the list. And first is Mike Easterbrook. Also threw out someone in a spring training game back in 2020. Easterbrook, he's uh, he's working the uh, Atlanta-Milwaukee series. Angel Hernandez, working San Francisco, L.A., Joe West, we already said. Wild card game, Larry Vanover. He's also thrown out nine guys since the start of 2019. Uh, he was a wild card replay official 
Vic Carapaza, White Sox Houston series. Dan Bellino threw out nine guys. He's working Boston, Tampa. Lance Barrett, he had eight ejections. So he's he's just right on the, the, the fringe of the top 10 there. He's got ALDS, Alfonso Marquez. You hear his name a lot. He's in the Atlanta Milwaukee series. So the trend you're noticing is the guys with the most efficient strike zones, they're not getting those spots because they're newer guys, they're young guys, they're efficient. But the older guys, the ones that maybe, you know, a little bit quicker on the draw as far as the ejections go, the guys that are maybe doing things in the spirit of the game, but they're injecting themselves more in the game. They're the vets. They're the ones that are on these postseason rosters. And, hey, Mark, you, you ask what I want to see in the upcoming CBA negotiations. Maybe something in there that talks about how you evaluate umpires. Now, it's, that's, that's really a, a wholly entirely different subject, but, but maybe you see something there. Maybe the conversation goes. So, um, man, best and worst umpires, that's, that's a very loaded topic. I'm glad you asked it. I was worried about answering it, but, hey, it's in the mailbag, so I got to answer it. You guys have been fantastic. Again, please rate, review, subscribe if you're not already doing that. The DNVR Rockies podcast, wherever you may consume that. It's it's really greatly appreciated here as we try to give you the best Rockies content available. Again, 5 a.m. every morning. It's one of my promises to you guys to make sure that that's available to you Monday through Friday. Try to keep these a little bit shorter today. We're going on the 50-minute mark. I want to get them closer to 30, 35, really make them a little bit more packed. Studies do show that these longer ones, you know, there's there's less folks that are into it. But I know I know you guys are crazy out there in the community for, for the Rockies content, and we love you for that because this could be an hour and a half, two hours, and you're going to listen to every single minute of it. And, you know, I, I don't think that's a reflection of, of me doing a good job. I think that's just a reflection of how hardcore you guys are in this community. and we're blessed to have you. We are, we are absolutely blessed to have you. So thank you so much for listening in for DNVR Rockies podcast for DNVR sports. I'm Patrick Lyons. Thank you. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.